Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. Uh, we are a two-man crew here at the moment as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle learning to fly. However, we're going to pick up a passenger if things go as planned. Uh, Tom Haynes from AOPA is uh, threatening to join us, so that's coming up a little bit later on if uh, you think uh, Dennis and I can't uh, navigate accordingly. But we'll give it our best shot, right? Hey, we'll give it a gold college try, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's just kick it off. There's some uh, aviation software news this week that we want to kind of meander through and educate everybody accordingly. Uh, one involves ForeFlight. We'll get to that in just a bit. But the uh, other is, uh, is this actually a rating or just a list of 10 weather apps you might want to consider what is this exactly yeah it's just a list uh sporties puts out a newsletter um on a every couple of weeks here uh for ipad pilots and you know as we've known in the last few years ipads have become almost as critical as our panel mounted avionics when it comes to flying and so so everybody's trying to come up with the next uh next great thing you know and believe it or not they're filling gaps i mean look at our trip to bimini how easy was that to file our flight plans and to do our manifests with uh with customs we just pulled up an app you know flash pass yeah. and went and put our information in there scanned the uh, passports and that's not even this is this the list is all just weather apps but just that how easy that makes our flying and how simple it was to submit those manifests and get the confirmations back uh you know, I just see this becoming more more and more essential tool in our cockpits. So true. So, you know, if you have an aviation need, chances are there is an app for that. And if not, there's an opportunity for you to build an app, right? Right. All right. But we're going to focus, like you said, on weather apps. Uh, so th- these aren't necessarily rated, but just 10 weather apps that you should take a look at and figure out which one, uh, you know, works best for you, right? Yeah. And they're interesting because they all scratch different itches as, you know, you you would think oh weather apple the, the four flights already got that well mm-hmm. yeah it's number one on the list it does cover a lot of the check boxes but um, I just think it's interesting they started off their list at number ten with weekend flyer and it's a uh, an app that kind of combines the best of like prog charts and sky vector you know kind of showing you a little little dots as far as uh, what the current conditions are but it gives you like a three day slider so you can take a look hey i'm going to go fly down and go see greg mm-hmm. am i going to be able to make it back so you can take a look at your route of flight and move the slider ahead and see you know if the conditions are going to work out for you know an overnight trip or a weekend long trip something like that yeah um, that's kind of unique because you know otherwise it's up to you as the pilot to try to look at those prog charts and kind of get an idea of what the weather trends are doing and this tries to to make it easier for you now when we were in bimini i know you were doing just that we came back early did you you, you right. didn't use that app though for that one I, did you Unfortunately, didn't know about the app then, well, so that's uh, that's what I was using was a combination of ForeFlight and looking at the prognostic charts and so looking at terminal forecasts. And, weekend yep. what? Weekend, weekend Flyer. Weekend Flyer. Okay, so that's 
Number 10, what about nine? What do you got? Uh, it's called WX24. It's a weather-centric app that just tries to make the METARs and TAFs easy to read. You know, some people have a hard time decoding those. This is designed to make it easier. Um, I use a similar app called Takeoff. does the same thing, makes it easy to read, does the time zone conversions for you so you don't have to worry about converting from uh, Zulu time to Eastern or whatever, you know, wherever your current conditions are. So I think anything that makes the weather easier to read and understand for a pilot, certainly worth taking a look at. That's a good thing. Once again, the name of that one is? WX24. Okay. Number eight. Windy. This one is becoming my new favorite. Uh, in fact, the, the website, just leaving it as a screensaver on your desktop is a lot of fun. It basically is a graphical depiction of the current wind trends across uh, you know, the entire map. And so I'll usually zoom it out to the whole U.S. and you can see where your highs and lows are, where the winds are swirling and throw the uh, weather radar in on top of that. It really gives you a good understanding of what uh, what the wind patterns are and how that affects the uh, weather at your airport. Well, now you can use the wind to your advantage. Exactly. Right. So look at your flight planning and try to get those tailwinds. Maybe it makes more sense to route north instead of heading due east, you know, type of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, great, great tool, but it really helps you visualize what's happening on a big picture level with the wind. Okay, so that's windy. Uh, that was uh, seven, right? So yep. we're counting down to number six. What do you got? Cloud Topper. Now, it's it's not technically a weather app, but it's kind of like an augmented reality app where it uses your iPhone's camera to take a look ahead of you and determine whether or not those clouds you see on the horizon, are you going to go above them or below them? Hmm. So it's kind of kind of handy. Do we need to climb or can we just stay where we're at and we know we'll be in the clear of those clouds? So you just use your camera phone to take a picture or video of the cloud? Yep. Wow. You're just looking through your phone and it's looking at, basically it's trying to get level. And so if you're looking straight ahead and it's, you know, the nose that you're here, you are at a perfect level perspective. Well, then you, as you keep flying, you're either going to go through them above and below them and it'll tell you. Wow. So that one is called cloudy. You said or? cloud topper, cloud topper. Okay. I'm getting windy and cloudy cloud topper mixed <laughs> windy, up. Windy, cloudy. Yeah. Yes. All right. So uh, now we're down to five, right? Uh, no, that was uh, number seven. Number oh. six then would be BTAR Aviation Weather. And BTAR. plenty of uh, apps will show you text weather reports, but this is a fast way to check for conditions without a lot of clutter. Just set your favorite airports, and then you can just track with color-coded icons. So it's another another way to simply distill down a list of weather sites and get a quick go-no-go type of a decision. Okay, that sounds good. And next... So for the weather geeks out there, um, SKU-T Log seems to be the newest uh, weather product that's out there that seems to have a lot of um, a lot of people interested. It gives you a really detailed view of what's happening in the atmosphere from weather, temperatures, moisture content, all of that, and how it how it affects the, the current conditions. And there's there's actually college level classes on how to be able to interpret those diagrams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this this app is supposed to help you uh, get a better uh, better handle on on what's going on. Okay, so, so for, you don't have to be a meteorologist exactly. to understand what's going on there. That one is called what again? Ski what? Skew T Log Pro. Okay, all right. So and that it helps was, interpret the Skew T Log P diagrams that the uh, Weather Service puts out. Got it. I think we we got four more, right? Yep. All right. We've got what, the next one up is Weather Spork, and this one was actually founded by a former uh, uh, foreflight uh, meteorologist, and basically it's a whole bunch of tools and views 
Um, I hear a lot of good stuff about it. It is a, you know, a paid for app with a subscription, but if you're looking for a tool to help you slice and dice your forecasts, weather spork is, uh, is one of the best that I've seen out there. Okay. And, uh, down to three what's the next my radar and you've probably seen this app out here a lot i mean i know i've seen their van parked at sun and fun and at oshkosh uh, but if you're looking for a single threaded app that just does one thing and one thing well and you want to be able to look at the next rad images my radar should be your first place to go i got that the, one yes yep it's fantastic mm-hmm. my radar okay and then uh two more what's the next so radar scope kind of takes what my radar did, but turns up the, the turns the knobs up to eleven as far as the detail and how many sites it can use and how much flexibility it has. So it's a little bit more advanced version. Uh, might be you know a little bit on the high high complexity route, but if that's the kind of detail you're looking for, give uh, my give radar scope a, a view. Radar scope, okay. And then the last of the ten weather the apps. Last of the t- yep, this one is. Basically, whatever EFB app you have is probably one of the best weather apps that you will use. Whether it's ForeFlight, Garmin Pylon, Flight Plan Go, Wing X, AeroV, FlyQ, you name it. Every single one of those apps is going to have some weather products in it. And the great part about using those apps is it's going to pertain directly to whatever trip you are currently looking at doing. So it's going to be hyper-focused on point A to point B, for, for your current conditions. So you don't have to worry about looking all around. You can be focused on, hey, what are the conditions at this airport and be able to file those flight plans, get your current winds aloft, your temperatures. And we'll go into this next, but four flights even added more capability. You know, the, thing, the ability to incorporate things like performance to, uh, characteristics like takeoff and landing distances and time to climb and all that functionality and using the current weather to get it. How about that? So that that's in the latest update of ForeFlight. So that's yeah, addition. that just came out uh, last week. So now they can actually uh, calculate your takeoff distance. You know, before it used to be getting out a ruler and uh, a pencil and a pair of magnifying glasses to look at those charts to try to interpolate. Okay, here's the current temperature. This is the density altitude outside. So with this condition and grass runway, it's going to take me this many feet to take off. You know, well, there and, you go. Yeah, I mean, fourth yeah. flight just keeps getting better and better. But you know, if you want to dig a little deeper into the weather, consider one of those ten apps uh, that we uh, shared with you. Thanks to Sporties, uh, good stuff uh, to consider for your next uh, you know flight plan. And we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? How'd you guess? Uh, I saw your luggage. And when I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, Law, Captain Dennis, navigating the latest aviation news and information. Next week, if things go as planned, which, you know, they sometimes do, uh, I'm going to be reporting on uh, the uh, shortest runway, or commercial runway, I believe, in the world, and that would be on the island of Saba. I'm going there next week, and uh, I hope to get over by the airport and take a look, see how they're doing. I'm not planning to land on that runway but uh, I plan to, you know, hang out by the airport and watch other planes do it. Not that I wouldn't. I would do it. You would go there, wouldn't you, Dennis? I would, but I don't believe that they allow general aviation flights into that airport. Well, I mean, it's, you would go and fly with, certainly. you know, in a Twin Otter or whatever. I think that's what they fly oh. in there. You would, you would take that, that flight into Sabre, <laughs> is my point, not fly your airplane. Yeah. No, absolutely. I would take a flight into Sabre. That'd be a blast, especially in something like a Twin Otter. Right. So, yeah, it's so short. I mean, it when they take off, it literally drops, supposedly, and then picks up and starts flying. Uh, but that little drop might be a little unnerving. But uh, I'm hoping to do some airplane watching while I'm on the island of Saba next week. We'll see how that goes. A uh, couple other little um, more adventurous type airplane flying things going on. Red Bull races, very popular, but evidently not popular enough. Is that right? Yeah, uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, just last week, Red Bull announced that they are going to be canceling the Red Bull Air Race Series after this season ends uh, mm. in Europe. Wow. So, 
and that's and kind of disappointing. Be, yeah, it is disappointing from an aviation standpoint. But the reason is is because what? Not enough people were uh, going or watching it on TV or doing all know? of the above. It just wasn't generating the the crowds um, that they were expecting, and uh, they get better results uh, with other events. You know, things like the crashed ice races and the Flugentag, where they you know make your own homemade airplane and fly it into a river or something like that. Yeah, know? I mean that's those types of events get more people, more interest, which is disappointing because. I really enjoyed watching the the couple of demonstration flights we saw at Sun and Fun, where mm-hmm. you know the racing between the pylons, and you know it takes a lot of skill. It's a lot of high energy, but I suppose it is hard. It's not as accessible. It only happens at certain locations, and uh, well, you know, it doesn't have exactly that jackass sport yeah. element, you know, that uh, they're going for with some of those other events they do. You know, you get hopped up on Red Bull, you'll do anything pretty much. But uh, but when it comes to professionally flying, you know obstacle courses as much skill that is necessary for that evidently it's it's not as visually appealing i guess or at least they think uh, or, or you know they have a short attention span <laughs> when you're on that stuff you know what i mean exactly squares off too quick yeah, right bring me another one so uh it, it'll be interesting to see what happens if, if someone you know takes control of that uh type of uh, event and maybe, you know, repackages it and comes up with another way to, to pull it off. I would hope that would happen, but I don't well, know. Maybe it'll become the five-hour energy rare race series. Yeah. Uh, some other energy drink, like Monster or someone else will pick it up. But uh, but but it's a shame. I mean, anything to promote general aviation or, well, even racing in this case, you don't, you don't want to see that stuff just disappear. And all those teams that participate in that thing, that's big money, I would guess, wouldn't it? Isn't it? They've got a, a serious investment into it. Those airplanes aren't cheap, and the time it takes them to train and practice, and you know, just even setting up the courses and the barges and the pylons. Right. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of fixed investment in there. Yeah. Maybe we'll see something come to Reno or something, you know, where we've got uh, you know already an existing air race course and stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe they'll dumb it down to something like that instead of having it traveling all over the world. Who knows? There's lots of opportunities, and let's hope we'll see at least some presence of this in the future. Well, exactly. But, uh, you know, doing some of those homemade, you know, airplane things like you're talking about. Is that what the, what is it, the Glugentog? What, what do you call Glugentog it? Glugentog or something like that. Is that, that the yeah, one you, where they're trying to make the flying machine or they're trying to make a boat or a little No, bit they're trying boat. to make a flying machine. And, and, you know, it's just how radical and crazy can you get it and, you know, what going for distance, you know. The, yeah, and they're the going off are the, the most ramp. Fun of the, yeah, they go off yeah. a ramp and the ones that make it just off the lip of the ramp are probably the most fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that would be kind of a spectacular fashion. That would be a fun event at Air Venture, though, if they did like, you know, cardboard <laughs> hey, airplane. Seaplane base? Yeah, something. I mean, there, there could be something there that could be kind of uh, kind of wacky. Uh, they, they could steal some of that thunder from uh, Red Bull in that regard and, and kind of give it more of an aviation push, so to speak. Yeah, I, I mean, that's why I said I wasn't sure if uh, it was just about really who, who could gracefully. F- crash the easy or the best you know what i mean that's really what that thing is it's like i said it it has that jackass element to it but if you could actually turn it into something that was actually a little bit more skillful like hey let's see how far you could create something that would glide you you know gently into the water or something you know that'd be kind of fun or something uh you know i don't know but i don't think that's the point i think the crowds are there to root on the 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 failures more so than the successes so true yeah 
You know, it's like uh, NASCAR. You know, you, people go for the race or they go for Some the, go for the crashes. Exactly. So whatever, you know, to each his own. All right. So there's that. Now there's some other stuff when it comes to becoming an aircraft mechanic that the FAA is trying to address the shortage. Is this right? Yes, uh, because, you know, we all talk about how there's a pilot shortage, and there there is. Mm-hmm. But without the mechanics, we're stuck. Pilots we don't, don't got any. nothing to fly. That's right. <laughs> they can't keep and, it maintained, right. Yeah, and so what they're they're trying to do is figure out a way to solve that dilemma by, one, making, a, you know, making people aware that aviation mechanic is a viable career that pays well. But more importantly, um, a lot of the rules and regulations around the training and certification of aviation mechanics are still stuck back in the 40s. You're required to have, you know, so many hundreds or thousands of hours of experience uh, as an intern under the guidance of a mechanic in order to be able to get your certification. And that's, uh, you know, a big barrier to entry. You know, kids, everybody wants that instant satisfaction nowadays. And so the FAA is looking at perhaps going a different route, maybe more like pilot training, where you demonstrate competency, not strictly how many hours it takes and of practice. So they're looking at uh, changing those rules to be able to demonstrate at, you know, for individual tasks that you understand and can do it rather than just routine, you know, hey, I got to do 500 hours worth of oil changes, you know, just to get my license. Right. So would it be a testing type of model, you think? If they can yeah, I, well, I think it, it's going to be a lot more like a, a how a Part 141 flight school operates, where you've got a prescriptive course that says, you know, you have to be able to do these tasks, and then you'll do checks and demonstrate that you understand and can do those and repeat them, mm-hmm. and then you'll get, be able to move on. Um, the other part of this rule that's been proposed is they're also going to be allowing these same aviation mechanics schools to start teaching at remote locations. And what the goal here is to partner with area high schools and be able to offer A&P type classes in the high school. So now, in addition to your woods and uh, welding, you can also take on aviation A&P. Wow, that'd be a cool gig. Way more entertaining than uh, taking shop from back in the day. That's what I think. All right, good stuff. More coming up, including Tom Haynes from AOPA, next on Just Plain Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I've been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm going to fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're going to fly high without fear, you're going to have to learn to love the atmosphere. And you got to learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. And we are, as promised, joined by Tom Haynes from AOPA. Tom, how are you, buddy? Hey, guys. I am great. Yeah, really, really good here and uh, ready to, ready to get going and, and uh, talk about lots of cool stuff. Well, you know, we're going to do that. I, I promise. But, uh, you know, the thing is, I'm getting ready to visit the shortest commercial runway on the planet in Saba. Have you heard about this place, too? Have you ever been there? To that part I, of the I have not. So I'm anxious to hear more. So it supposedly is the shortest commercial runway, if not the world, definitely in the Caribbean. So it's like, I don't know, what what is it, Dennis? Like a 
thousand feet or a couple thousand feet or something. It's ridiculously short. I think it's like 18, 14 or 1800 feet long. Wow. I mean, it's, it's crazy that you can get in a small runway like that with a turboprop. Uh, right. Yeah. You, they fly these twin otters. You got to be specially okay. certified to get into it. We can't fly in there. They won't let us, but I plan to do some, I don't know, airplane watching. You ever go to an airport and just watch the planes land and take off? Oh yeah. And do the scoring. Sure. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this one, it, it, it's really a pass or fail because. Yeah, you know, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, literally, <laughs> it, it's short, so short, and it's up on the uh, cliffs of Saba. And uh, mm-hmm. when they take off, it's so short, literally, the plane sinks, you know, a, oh, few, like a few feet off the end of the runway if the wind's not really helping them out. Right. Uh, quite like, a, right. Like, an aircraft, like an aircraft carrier when it dips below the, exactly. the deck. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, wow. It's, it's I, actually shorter, or just a slightly longer. It's 1,312 feet or 400 meters. Mm. there you go wow so wow. uh you know the takeoff's one thing the landing's another and if you overshoot the landing i mean i i've i've visited the airport many times i've just never landed in there but i've, I've seen the edge of the runway and how it drops off into the like uh the, there's this area they call uh on the island called hell and it's where this volcanic uh formation of rocks and stuff uh protrude up and have all this molten looking alien like landscape type stuff it'd be a terrible place for your plane to end up is my point because it would be probably you know severed in many places and just you know it's like sending your plane through a julienne slicer you hear what i'm saying once again pass or fail but enough about me we'll talk about what's up with tom from uh, aopa next right here on just plane radio Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I ain't never been in no airplane. This thing looked like a, a toy come out of a Cracker Jack box. You know, my truck weighs more than this airplane does. Uh, for all I know, he hits a blue jay, he's going down. You can be a blackbird on a country street Hiding from the world with a broken wing But you better believe you're gonna fly with me You're gonna fly This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. And from AOPA, we got Tom Haynes right now helping us out as well. All right. So, uh, Tom, I know you guys have been leading the charge on this whole thing uh, with, with uh, giving out notices that there could be some jet fuel or, uh, what, what is it, Avgas contamination for general aviation uh, airplanes or what? How, which uh, one is actually, it? Actually, it's jet fuel. Actually. It is so jet fuel. Tur- turbine okay. airplanes, jet, jets and turboprops. All right, so yeah. there's been uh, what, what was some kind of mishap or something, and and, and uh, has created some big issues. So you kind of need to be aware of this, or what? What happened? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's it's a pretty big deal. There's about there's been about three or four significant incidences over the last eighteen months or so, including uh, two just within the last uh, few weeks. And what happens is that DEF or DEF, I guess it is, which is a an additive that. You have to put in diesel fuel for your trucks mm-hmm. to uh, reduce the emissions. So airports, of course, have trucks. For, you know, if you've got snow plows, you've got um, 
You've got uh, fuel trucks and some others that run on diesel, and so they're required to put in this additive, just like trucks running on the road. Right. And this additive, unfortunately, if it somehow gets mixed up and gets blended into jet fuel, uh, what happens at altitude is that it crystallizes the f- in the fuel and blocks the fuel filters. And in the latest case, we had two Cessna Citation business jets. One had a complete flame out. In other words, lost both of its engines. First, the first one out at 35,000 feet, the second one out on the descent at 20-some thousand feet, mm. and um, they managed to glide into Savannah Airport in Georgia. The second one um, lost an engine, and they managed to get on the ground before the second engine went, so they still had one engine upon landing. But you can imagine, that's a pretty interesting day when you're in your business jet and you've lost both engines. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, that'd be friggin' scary. Uh, and yeah, and at the be. time, I'm sure the pilots had no idea what the hell was going on, would they? Exactly. Uh, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't know. There's you know normal normal things you would think of. Uh, you know, you'd you'd isolate the fuel if you know one tank or the other. If you thought maybe you got ended up with some contaminated fuel or something or other, but in this case, it takes them both out eventually. Mm-hmm. And uh, so our what we have done is we've a identified that these things are happening, and we put out a safety alert to um, all pilots reminding them that uh, letting them know this happened because frankly it had not been well publicized and you might want to think about why that might be uh and also um to be aware of what's happening in the fueling around you because the way this we believe this is getting into the fuel is there's a an additive that can be added to jet fuel that helps um, lower its uh, freezing temperature and also helps uh destroy any bacteria that can grow in the fuel and um, it's called prist and it's depending on the blend it can be added added sometimes at the same time the fuel is added and it's it's a very small quantities but it's blended into the fuel as it goes in the tanks mm-hmm. and we think what happens is that sometimes uh, the fueler is mistakenly hooking up that that tank to uh, this something that's been contaminated by def it could be that it's a tank of you're deaf, and he thinks it's it's the anti-icing stuff, when in fact it's deaf. Uh, or in some cases, it's in a container that previously it had deaf in it and is contaminated. Mm. And so uh, it doesn't take very much at all to get into the jet fuel before you've uh, maybe lost an engine. So well, warning people to be on the lookout for that. And then we also sent a letter to the FAA uh, administrator advising him about this and, and letting him know that we believe action needs to be taken to better identify deaf on airports or better yet just get it off the airport these trucks that are running around an airport you know they don't they don't go 300 miles a year uh, running around the airport so why is it why is that such a big emissions deal that they even have to have this stuff on an airport yeah well i mean there's really no way to know for sure if you're you know, if your gas is bad, if, if that's happened, is it? Or I mean, I, no. There, there's no like, hey, I'm gonna get it from a reputable, more reputable uh, no. service center. I mean, this yeah, just sounds I'm, like operator error when it comes to the fuel guys to me. Yeah, well, it it, it appears to be that. And thing is, with with Avgas, there are ways you can test. You know, if you got water in your fuel, it'll show up as bubbles in the bottom of your sample. Right. You know, you can run your your hands on it. You get you know the right texture. Jet fuel has kind of an oily sense to it, and it's it's clear. But this stuff is there's such tiny amount in it. There's no way you could detect it uh, if you if you even did a jet a sample on a on a, a jet airplane, which most of the time doesn't happen anyhow, except mm. on a you know on a monthly basis or something like that. It's not something you normally do. Yeah. Well, the, the fact that those guys got down and and uh, got down safely is is good. 
I mean, when that happened to those uh, airplanes, uh, are the engines pretty much ruined then, or can they be fixed, or what? Uh, They're pretty much toast. Uh, We've seen pictures of the insides of the engine and the damage that this stuff does to the engine, and and certainly the fuel filters are gone. Um, And it's pretty significant corrosive damage that it does to the engine. So um, it's it's a very expensive uh, situation for the owner, assuming you even get the airplane safely on the ground. You know, so far, there's been no accidents as a result of these uh, over the last 18 months. But, uh, boy, you know, you could certainly envision how that could happen. And the number of the incidents have have been a couple or more? I think it's four. There were uh, two recently and two about 18 months ago that were fairly close together, maybe three. So maybe maybe it's a total of five. But it's pretty few, but but it's too many. Yeah, well, of course. And AOPA has just been putting out notices, hey, uh, be aware of this. If your engines all of a sudden stop, this might be something that could be kind of deal. Other than that, there's not much you can do, right? Yeah, well, we're, we have uh, one of our uh, technical guys is on a committee that's been formed. After the first few happened, a committee was formed to try to understand how this is happening and what can be done about it. Well, you know how committees work, right? Mm. So that was that was 18 months ago, and now here we are, and it happened again recently. So um, we're saying to the FAA, you know, you need to – step up and, and expedite this thing and get some answers uh, because we can't have this happening. Right. I mean, yeah, but what would the answers be? Like set up some kind of special certification process that uh, fuel service providers would have to abide by to make sure this kind of accident doesn't happen, I guess? That's really well, the only thing you can do, right? Well, you could get deaf off the airport. Just if it's not on the airport, you can't contaminate jet fuel with it. Yeah. So that would be one thing. The second thing would be to better mark um, the containers that contain that where DEF is stored, so that it maybe it's a a, a different color. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, education of the line crew is is critical. That needs to be done right away to let them know that you know be aware of whatever containers you're using. Where what was that used for previously? Yeah, and and make sure that it's really clean and 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 uh, in great shape before you start putting any of this anti. Uh, ice uh, stuff that pressed into it so that uh, you know you're being safe got it well and that, that's jet fuel but for general aviation piston planes that's one of the reasons why we have to check the yav gas every time right we just got to make sure there's no water in the fuel and that's one of the reasons it's part of the pre-checklist right 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 so yeah for yav gas you're looking for water you're also looking for the potential of jet fuel contamination that somebody didn't mistakenly fuel your airplane with jet fuel instead of avgas and so that's where the color comes in avgas is blue jet fuel is is clear and so um you're looking to look at that color to make sure that it's got a nice blue tint to it if it's clear it's probably either water or potentially jet fuel and you just need to look out for that yeah are you getting uh, any reports of of avgas being contaminated with jet fuel often mm-hmm. that doesn't happen uh, well, that, very that, often does it well it does happen particularly depends on the model of the airplane there are some piston-powered airplanes that look a lot like jet power, jet fuel fueled airplanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Piper Meridian is one. Or Piper uh, PA forty six uh, turboprops uh, look a lot like the piston versions, the Malibu Mirage. Yeah. So they've had issues over the years, and the way to solve that is with a different styled nozzle. So the mm-hmm. jet fuel nozzle is a different shape than the Avgas one. Avgas is round, kind of like what your car looks like. Right. Uh, and the ones for jet fuel has sort of an oval shape to it, and the uh, the the port, the filler port in the airplane is shaped the same way so that it's very difficult to put the uh, jet fuel nozzle into a round avgas tank. But not all airplanes have been configured that way. 
And for those that haven't, that's that's usually where you end up with a problem. I gotcha. Yeah, and if you put the wrong stuff into your uh, GA aircraft, um, I would imagine that's going to ruin your day and your airplane just like uh, it, it did for these jet uh, fuel issues, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fortunately, turbine engines are, are actually not real particular about the fuel. You could put Avgas into a jet-powered airplane mm-hmm. and – it may not like it a lot, but it'll burn, and, and it, it'll probably be okay. You, you don't want to do it on a regular basis, but it's been known to happen, and, and you, you need to get it out of there, but not a big deal. The engines are even actually certified to run an Avgas for a certain number of hours if you had to in an, you know, an emergency situation to get out of some location. But obviously, this DEF is uh, something very different than that, and it does a lot of damage. Get rid of it. We don't need it. Definitely on the airport. All right. Well, hey, now you know. You're a little bit more educated as an aviator, and that's what we try to do here at Just Plane Radio. More coming up. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium, instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. This test today, it's important. I got it. I'm going to make you look good up there. Don't worry. Okay, now let's get these pants off. And fly some planes. A lonely flight around the clouds. But what goes up must come down. This 
This is Just Plain Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis from AOPA. We have Tom Haynes. All right, a lot of D-Day festivities going on this weekend. Of course, we'll talk a little bit more about that next week once we get a bigger picture of how things uh, took place and, and things. You guys have been talking about that quite a bit, I know, and covering it leading up uh, to this week uh, big time. Right, Tom? Yeah, we, we've been covering a lot. We had a bunch of those airplanes uh, at our fly-in in Frederick uh, back in in May, and uh, they made it across the Atlantic and are participating in the activities. And uh, so, yeah, we've been we've been covering it a lot. Well, I look forward to seeing all the pictures and video and stuff. I'm sure a lot of it's already up there online, so check it out. But we'll talk more about that next week. And then, what, in a couple weeks from now, you got your next AOPA fly-in, right? When is it? Wait, we do. It's June 21, 22 in uh, Livermore, California, and it's going to be a great show. All right. So anything special or same uh, format of all the others? Or hey, what do you they're, all, they're all special. Well, of course. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got some really neat elements this year. Um, we've, got, uh, our, we've changed up our Friday night party. It's now a flight line cookout, and it's right out next to where uh, the airplanes are, as opposed to being kind of on the, on the pavement next to the ramp. But, and um, we've got, and the reason it's out there partly is for our short takeoff and landing uh, invitational, a stole invitational that we're doing on Friday evening and again on Saturday at around noon. And so we'll have a bunch of the best of the best, and including um, we, we uh, Draco is supposed to be there, uh, which is a famous uh, short takeoff and landing airplane with a bunch of conversions and modifications on it. It's really fun to watch. Nice. And so we'll have we'll have them out there doing short takeoffs and landings, demonstrating for the crowd what it is you can do with uh, some of these amazing airplanes. Well, that and sounds then, like fun, yeah. And then Friday evening, um, new this year also, and part of our 80th anniversary, is uh, a night drone show. And so like you've seen at the Olympics and some um, big games, uh, that sort of thing, we're going to have a really impressive night drone show with a couple of hundred drones doing some special routines for our uh, formations they've created just for our 80th anniversary. So that should be a lot of fun. There you go. AOPA.org slash fly-ins, I believe, exactly. is the website. And you can go That's to right. and get yeah. information on that. And maybe you can join Tom and the crew, and we'll get a full report from him uh, potentially on site maybe in a couple of weeks if, if you'll allow such a thing there, Tom. That sounds like fun. A little too far for me to go. I'm traveling like a madman right now. So i got to just fit in things when I can fit them in. And I know I'm going to be out uh, doing some uh, diving. It, it's dive season here, uh, unfortunately. So I'm kind of, you know, mixing it up between flying and diving uh, <laughs> and, and trying to keep things straight. So, uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll do, we do what we can. But, uh, yeah. all right, so uh, Dennis does have another uh, story about some, uh, well, a new glass panel that's been approved by the uh, FAA for, for, well, from Dynon, right? Yep, Dynon just uh, received certification to install their uh, their touchscreen uh, glass cockpit retrofits into the Bonanzas, and I thought that ah. might appeal to Tom since he's mm-hmm. a Bonanza owner. Uh, it looks like it's only approved into the older thirty five series right now, but I can't imagine it was it's going to be a you know big step for them to start offering that into the A thirty sixes as well. So this yeah. is a new alternative uh, compared to like what the G one thousand from Garmin? Is that what we're talking about there, Dennis? Well, this is an option to replace your old glass six-pack and replace it with all new digital flight display. Uh, so it be- replaces all of the old round gauges with a uh, you know glass panel now. So and it'll look cooler, the, have cooler lights on it and flash. and More can, reliable, easier to interpret. Oh, uh, well, there's you know, that Better too. integration. Yeah. yeah. 
but uh, you know it, it is a, a direct competition with uh, Garmin's G3X, which I know Tom's had some experience with recently. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you think, Tom? Are you uh, due for an upgrade in your Bonanza? Or no. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, autopilot's next on my list for the Bonanza because I've got a, a the higher end G five hundred panel in my Bonanza. But um, the things that we've been talking about here, the G three X Touch from Garmin and the the Dynon um, Skyview system that's uh, they just got approved for the Bonanza, the S S models and, and some other Bonanzas, not yet the A thirty six. Amazing capabilities coming out of these manufacturers for the legacy fleet. This is something we've talked a lot about over the years with with you, Greg, about non-TSO avionics. Mm -hmm. And what are we going to do about all these aging airplanes that are still in great shape, but they just need panel upgrades. And the problem is that you mentioned the G1000. You know, that's $100,000, right, or something like that. It's crazy money and very difficult to install on legacy airplanes. One thing, you're building a brand-new airplane around it, but difficult to put in a uh, legacy airplane. So Mm -hmm. that's where Garmin and Dynon and others have – Aspen's another one, Abaddon – have come out with aftermarket panels. And in this case, between uh, the G3X Touch and the Dynon system in particular are these non-TSO'd ones. So they're a much lower price point than you would pay – if you could even get something like a G1000, these are a fraction of that because of the certification pathway has been simplified to make it easier for manufacturers to bring them to market at a lower cost. Hmm. So it's it's really, really fascinating what's happening uh, in the GA fleet and the op- options that are now available that, uh, you know, 18 months ago just simply didn't exist. Well, I know they're not going to like me saying this, but I, I have always wondered, why doesn't Garmin just bring down the price of the Gar- uh, G1000 down to... Uh, like uh, from the stratosphere because they just don't want to or just- well i mean they have a lot of cost wrapped up in it no, I mean, I it was know. a very expensive system to build and then there's right. that whole certification thing and that's the reason these non-tso'd ones can be less expensive is because the level of of testing and the and the demonstration that the manufacturer has to go to to, to demonstrate that they meet the certification requirements is very extensive and these are these uh, other systems are well tested uh, they just get there uh, through a less a less expensive way through sort of mo- modern modern thinking about how it is that we certify the airplane and what are the real risks associated with these kind of airplanes versus you know G1000 and its variants which are now all the way up in the G3000 G5000 in high flying business jets different set of circumstances different risk factors than me and my 172 i totally get it it just would be nice if they were a lot cheaper you know one can dream right i think we're there with these being pretty cost effective relative to what was available otherwise we got options and on that note hey we'll wrap it up for this week till next time remember there is no better high than than learning learning to to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. 
The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. A little too far, cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 